the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. And now that Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. That you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you believing you may have life in his name. So, this gospel text in many, many ways, and what we'll speak about in the homily today is faith. Faith. Faith is the foundation of all Christian life and all Christian virtue. And it needs to be exercised. You exercise it. You have to apply your mind to that which is beyond your mind. And let those things come together and find the reality that exists there. The things that are that we know in our mind and those things that are beyond our mind and let those come together and find the reality of that. St. Mark, in the Gospel of Mark, the Lord says, all things are possible to him who will believe. All things are possible to those who believe. Now we have this beautiful found this beautiful uh, definition of faith in the book of Hebrews. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by this elders obtained a good report. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we'll speak a little bit about that as we move on here. But to first, I think, understand that we get faith as a gift. It's a gift from God. It's not something we just pull out of the air. It's given to us by God. It's given to us at baptism. Why do we baptize infants? Because it, it's not just the faith of the person present. It's the faith of Christ that's actually given to you at baptism. You get the faith of Christ. You have the faith of the parents, the faith of the church, the faith of the priest, the faith of all present. You're given this gift of faith. Again, you have to exercise it and practice it in your life. But this gift is given to you. You have it. You have faith. And sometimes it wanes, and sometimes we struggle a little bit with it. But you have it. We see it also, our faith being reasonable. Not asked to believe blindly. We're given. Uh, uh, we look at what we see, and it should, in, in this, in, in that way, kind of make sense to us. It should have a a reasonable pattern in life. It's not beyond reason. I remember Father Hopkins saying, "Our faith is reasonable, but it's beyond reason. It it re, we have to stretch a bit with it." That's what I mean. Sometimes we have this, this understanding and we have to stretch to find the reality that brings us to that which is eternally real. So we have a faith that's reasonable. When we look at it, it kind of, when we put it together, it makes sense. 
It makes sense. It has the examples of faith are very real and powerful to us. So if, if you do A and B, C happens in faith. Do A and B, C happens. And this happens throughout history, through the lives of the saints, through our own lives. If we do this and this, this happens. Okay? And even the Lord said it to the disciples. He was trying to cast out a demon. He says, this one only comes out by prayer and fasting. Pray and fast and you can conquer the demon. See? Faith. Reasonable. Makes sense to us. We have to get this. We have to understand that it, it has a way about it. And we live that way and, and we, get, we get the results of that faith, that sense of Nearness to God, the sense of God being with us in all circumstances, the sense of all things work for good, the sense that God is doing all things for our salvation. We kind of get that. Okay? That's our faith teaches us that. Faith also is natural. It's given to us, there's a place in, in mankind in, as created human beings that faith needs to be a part of who we are. In fact, I remember we, we kind of grown up in all this. Everybody has faith. The atheist has faith. What's he have faith in? There's no God, right? He has faith. There's no God. I have faith. There's no God, right? Faith is a part of who we are as human beings. And so we, we have to find that place where we want that faith that brings us to that which is true and real and right, and frees us, right? That we, we find that part of who we are, and we allow that part of us to grow and flourish uh, in, in, in the Christian life, and, and that that faith has that sense then of kind of growing in us this reality of God, in us and in the world. That's what our faith is doing. But we come to this very interesting moment in the gospel where Thomas says, I am not going to believe. That's really interesting. And he has a very specific uh, uh, approach to this. He's a scientist, right? Okay, I know what I'm gonna, I know how I'm gonna believe. So he says, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, place my finger in the mark of the nails place my hand in his side, I will not believe. <laughs> the disciples say, no, we, Thomas, he rose. We've seen him. He's been, he's, uh, he's been, we've been for eight days. We know him. He's been to us. All the mirror-bearing women say, no, I'm not going to do it. Have you ever found yourself there? You know, Lord, you need to show me this. Here's, it's like Gideon, you know, the fleece goes out. You know, I want it all to be wet and the fleece to be dry. Okay, that happens. So he goes, oh, I'm not sure about that, Lord. So now I want the fleece to be wet and everything else to be dry. <laughs> it's like, we put this test on. God understands that about us, though. He understands that we need these kind of affirmations. We need to be, we need to be handled carefully at times like this. Thomas, as all the other disciples, were devastated at the death of Christ. Life ended, basically, for them. Everything they knew that was right and real just disappeared for them. And so you can imagine the turmoil. 
So he, the Lord says, come to me, Thomas. Put your hand, finger here. See my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. And Thomas said those beautiful words, my Lord and my God. That's why we call Thomas's doubt blessed doubt. Because he was asking God to show him. You know, doubt that says, I don't believe, I'm out of here. That's not blessed doubt. I'm, I don't believe, help me believe, Lord. That's blessed doubt. And then the Lord says this, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So this becomes faith to us. So I was reading in a, a, a commentary by St. John Chrysostom. It's just very helpful about faith. He says, when we look at that definition of faith, the evidence of things not seen, he says, faith allows us to have the same assurance of things we plainly see as with things that we don't plainly see. We have the same assurance of things that we plainly see and that we don't plainly see. Our faith brings that together for us. And he also says, hopes, objects of hope seem unsubstantial, but faith gives them substance. So I, I, I thought, well, there's got to be some examples of this, right? <laughs> of course there are. So, first of all, there is a great, um, how, does this, how does this evidence of things hoped for and uh, ev evidence of things I've seen and substance of things hoped for, how does this kind of come together for us? Uh, a couple of examples. One is there was a, when communism was uh, be being introduced into the Soviet Union, um, they did an incredible effort in propaganda to completely destroy the faith. And they got up to thousands and thousands of people in crowds, and in one crowd, this uh, Soviet um, governor was berating God, just destroying God. There's no God, there's no God, there's no God, there's only the state, you have to believe in the state, and completely pushing faith away. And many people, sadly, lost their faith, especially little babies. They lost their faith because of this kind of propaganda. And sitting next to the, this governor was an old uh, Orthodox priest, hearing his, the faith just being completely destroyed. And people be just wondering, is, is, do I believe? Do I believe? Do I believe? And so after this tirade of many, many words to the people, the governor turned to the Orthodox priest, the Orthodox bishop, and said, you can say one thing. And he got up and he said, Christos vos cresci. And the whole crowd went, Christos vos cresci. 
You see where, the, where that was? Faith was in them. The reality of Christ's resurrection could not be destroyed. You know, we sing it. We sing it for 40 days. I love it. Christ is risen. Is Christ risen? Yes. There's no doubt about it. What's he also done? Trample down death by death. This is so real to us. This is, the, this is the, the, that which is beyond us. We bring it into the reality because we practice it. Because we know it, we feel it, we taste it, we touch it. It's deeply embedded in us. You know, somebody, we start doubting our faith, spreading our faith, and all I have to do is say, Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. You know that's real. That's such a powerful thing. Such a very, very powerful thing. that We don't, we don't kind of understand it in that way, but when you see it beginning to destroy people's faith and it then lifting up their faith. You know, when the communist regime was destroyed in Russia, that, that resounded, the Christian faith resounded again. It was, it was kind of like just being muffled. And as soon as that muffler was taken off, it just began to shout with the joys of salvation in Christ. So very beautiful. Also, I think, for us, this reality of faith that helping us kind of understand that, that idea of faith allows us to, the, the same assurance of things we plainly see and things we don't plainly see, and that the object of hope seems unsubstantial, but faith make, gives them substance. You know, when we were becoming, we were searching to become Orthodox. And we, we studied theology. The theology was really powerful. I thought we just really were being healed by that which was right and good. Um, the one of the things that really turned me, for just, just switched, the, the, when, the, when the switch flipped. <laughs> Okay, was when I started reading the lives of the saints who believe this way, who practice these things. It's like, my gosh, I don't know, I don't know anybody who lives like this anymore. These are the, this is how these people believe. This is what they taught. This is how they sang. This is how they worshiped, right? This is, this is everything about them. It was like that reality was so powerful, it just lifted my faith. I wanted to follow that example. I wanted to be kind of like they were. They became uh, our great examples. Father John Stephen even wrote a song about it. The song we're now singing is the song that you sung. Hiding in the catacombs and meeting on the run. Thrown to the lions, you kept your testimony true. My heart is blessed by the memory of you. It was by, I was on a country tune, by the way. You can hear it, right? song we're now singing is the song that you sung. <laughs> I finally woke him up. The, the lives of the people that gone before us encourage us. Encourage us. So one other thing about this. I think there's many examples of how faith 
these things that are kind of beyond us become ours, deeply rich through our faith. Um, You know, when we were going through all this struggle, we as a community were going through the struggle with Kevin. Um, It is very, very beautiful. In so, so many ways, and I will say it was full of the presence of God. The whole thing. There was very few moments where it wasn't full of the presence of God. And that whole process of feeling God being with you through the greatest and most difficult times of your life is one of the greatest faith builders you could ever have. And I think I just want to encourage you that that's that's where he shines. Take eat. This is my body. Broken. This is my blood shed for you. So when you go through those times where it's brokenness and difficulty, guess who's there? The Lord Jesus Christ. The Father, the Holy Spirit, the Mother of God, the saints and the angels are all present there. It's, it is the... Uh, great experience of faith when you have the sense of God being with you. In these times, you know, I, I, and you all have them, okay? You all have them. So ours is very recent, okay? It's all very, it's all very real to us, but you all have had these times, right? Where it's been hard, where you've gone through difficult things. And God has been with you. And maybe even in the time you didn't even feel like he was with you, but when you look back, you go, my gosh, you were even there. I didn't even see that. I didn't even see that. So our faith says one thing that's most, most critical to us is that whatever, wherever you are in your life, God is with you. God is real. God is loving. God is saving. That's what our faith teaches us. And if we can step into that reality, we can feel deeply connected to God, connected to salvation, even connected to each other. So, may that, which is, as St. John says, this faith allowing us to have the same assurance of things we plainly see as with the same things that we don't plainly And may the object of hope become substantial to us through all that God is, all that God does, and all all that God is with us. So I want to encourage you. you Because the Lord said to to, to us this, Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.